What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, a long time coming episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. It's been about two months since we've last discussed anything, since our last offseason update, but here we are today on this Monday to discuss an update on Saluki football. A lot has gone on in the last two months, and we'll jump into a lot of stuff, definitely a lot more Recent things that have happened in terms of commitments, there have been a lot of commitments actually since we last talked. Some some people leaving and some other stuff we'll just dive into. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, we literally just looked before we went live on this thing. Two whole months since we last had a podcast, a lot has happened in between there. What's going on? Yeah, a lot's happened. Uh, we've had, uh, we've been busy. Um, we could have had smaller podcasts here and there but we've got one all jumbled up here and we got a lot to discuss yes we do so i think we should cut right to it no i think we'll start out with all these commitments let's start out with the most recent one when one that we've been wanting for a long time here and it kind of came to fruit it finally came to fruition uh like i said one that we've been wanting and we didn't know we had a feeling that like his school was going to come out with something like a, a spring version of this stuff. And we didn't know if it was going to be another month, like sometime in April here, but we got it at the end of March. Noah Vincent Newsom has committed to the Salukis, made a post about it. And he tagged coach Hill, Pat poor Mark Watson receiver coming in a talented player. One of the all time greats at Marion high school. No, we kind of, you saw something maybe the day before that kind of maybe would have sneak peeked this. This is a this is a nice big ad. Yeah, he will be a preferred walk on here. Um, he's good enough to receive a scholarship, so we got a steal here. Um, he's a record holder now at um, Marion High School um, for most receptions, most receiving yards, and most receiving touchdowns. Um, he's a big time playmaker. Um, he comes here. We've wanted this for a while. Yeah, I've seen it um, on uh, NJ Benson's snap, Snapchat story the night before. Um, I guess Vincent sent out to all these guys and uh, NJ put it on a story uh, congratulating them. Um, so before Vincent actually um, announced it, we actually knew already. Right, and that's good. So we, and it was a different edit or a different post than the one he made. Maybe it was on a different uh, social media thing he did. But this is just great. Like I said, yes, definitely a steal when he's a preferred walk-on because we've been knowing and seeing this whole time that he hasn't been offered from anybody or no one that he has posted about. I don't know how active he is on Twitter, uh, but it's crazy how the talent that Marion High School has always had and. There really hasn't been, you know, there's been a couple of quarterbacks, as we know, in years past that have made it big, but not a whole lot of Marion players and the high of class it is and all the playoff success that they have and getting there every year. It would seem like you'd see a lot more players either going either, you know, better or definitely getting on scholarship or just in general. And this, he is one of the best. He, yeah, he has all the records of receivers. He arguably is the best receiver Marion's ever had. Quality basketball player that he had that he played on this past year too. Just a great athlete. He said, one we've been wanting for a long time, and it's great to see him here. If he can end up like another Marion High School receiver, you know, he's better than a Hunter, Hunter Milligan. At some point, work hard enough to maybe not as long as what Hunter had, but shortly, like maybe before 
you know, the time there in terms of when he got it, that he could earn that scholarship before long and be a pivotal part in a, you know, receiving group that we've talked about that is young. We have some players that we need at this moment for the team, but some young ones that he could join the crew with that. So that is a great ad. Welcome Vincent Newsom in your backyard to Carbondale. Uh, now I know let's jump with some other ones. Let's let's do this one because we talked about it on end for a while about who the heck's going to fill this position. No, we signed or we had a punter commit, uh, Nathan Torney. This happened about two weeks or close to two weeks after our uh, last pod. And it was ironic, right, that we had just talked about who the heck's going to play. So we know Marlon Houck's coming. He's been hitting bombs this offseason still. Uh, and into these practices that we'll also get to in terms of an update on how the team's doing, uh, that we definitely needed something like this. Noah, he's from a punt factory. He's also Australian, which is ironic with who we lost this past year, an all-time great Jack Calhoun. Noah, Nathan Torney has joined the Salukis. Yeah, we like you said, we were um, wondering who would fill the void of our punt on our punter and uh it's gonna i would assume it's gonna probably be a position battle we haven't seen um we haven't seen anything official on him that he's signed yet but um he'll come over whenever he can i'm not sure how that works coming over here early or whatever it does um, from the pump factory but um jack worked out from over there so um excited to add another punter because uh the way jack was it's it'd be impossible to replace him but we know marlin's been working at it maybe he has a chance but uh it's great it's great to add uh nathan, nathan to the team yeah and i think uh just because it is a big position of need you want to flip the field well and we were able to do that a lot with jack yeah big shoes to fill and that's the case with kicker too with nico and we'll dive into these former Salukis and their future still and what they had been doing. We'll finish with that. Uh, yeah, huge ad. And he will hopefully position battle, depending, even though he's he, obviously all these guys can kind of do the same stuff, all these specialists. But if he can be centric towards punter and be really good, that'd be a great ad. And all those other guys that could be up for it as well and are kicking. Maybe we'll have some competition as well. So we nailed down another specialist. Now know another guy, a guy we've also been on on for a while. We didn't know when his decision was going to come, but it finally did, and we're so glad we landed him. He seems like a talent. He's definitely got the size, and it looks like the GPA. Noah Miles Marshall committed to us, tight end slash outside linebacker. Like I said, 6'5", 225 out of Kansas City, Missouri. No, this is a nice ad, too. This happened late February. Yeah, this is uh, another tight end we're going to add to this room. Um with him and Ryan Schwindeman, um, with uh, Tice and uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Remington. Yeah, Remington in that room, veterans that you can learn from. Um, two nice pieces. I mean, this year he was all district tight end offensively, had 22 receptions for 303 yards, five touchdowns, averaged 14 yards per catch. Then on the defensive end, he had 30 solo tackles. And uh, 29 assisted tackles, three forced fumbles, two four fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown, five and a half sacks, 16 tackles for loss, and three blocks on the special teams unit. Um, he, like most of our commits, played both ways. Um, big time piece 
um, to add to that room and uh, excited for the future. Yeah, it's those guys that play in high school, another one. It seems like everybody does do this nowadays where you play multiple positions just in case you need to. He can be a tight end or he can be an outside linebacker or like an edge rusher. Like I said, he's got the size, and we know guys that have flipped positions before and made the jump or made the change, and that option just would be there. He's a talent, and he'll stick at tight end. We are deep in this moment for – we have – some really good veterans, and we have some young guys. You mentioned Schwindeman as well, so we have a good class of those guys coming in. Our classes end up being tremendous. So welcome, Miles Marshall. Like I said, we've been in on him for a while. Uh, so now I know some other ones that uh, happened all or happened in middle of March. A couple of receivers to to add to this current group in terms of when now and wants to add. I'm interested to see how they can or how. Uh, one of them, at least, can affect the current team now. Noah, let's start out with Bryce Miller. Uh, he signed around that time. Uh, let's jump into him because he looks like also a steal. He he was pretty uh, – he had some success at where he was la- at last. Yeah, 5'10", um, very good slot receiver. South Florida had a lot of um, – I've seen when I was looking through his uh, Twitter, a lot of good things to say about him. He played in 28 games, made – 19 starts in three seasons, caught 66 passes for 669 yards and seven touchdowns in his career there. Um, had a career high 11 catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns versus UCF back in 2020. Um, he led the team receiving in, 20, in, in 2020 also. Um, former walk-on back in 2018. Um, so um, this is going to be a nice slot piece to add the puzzle if you – move uh isaiah outside then you have avante on the other side good piece big time um gonna be a sticks move right gonna be like a little hunter renfro action for us i think so or like a, a julian edelman or something yeah a guy that will catch the ball be tough work his way from a walk-on you love to see those kinds of things and end up having a really good career yeah you read off the stats there and the success that he's had and he is a slot guy and it's like I mean, Landon, I mean, all the guys we've had in the last couple of years have really been slot receivers, even though they've all moved around and all played outside, you know, it can happen, but we have the fact that we have that many people that are great off the line and can, you know, outrun everybody. I think that'll be key this year. We have some other guys we know that we've added that we've talked about before. And in general, that it even, that's where our tight ends can come into play those big kind of receivers. And we do have some more big receiver, other big receivers, that uh, could fill the void with this speed that we would like that. Our offense could be potent or potent once again. So he is a great ad. Looking forward to watching him bring that experience as well. Now I know another one that happened around the same time. Stanley Bryant, the third out of high school from Naples, Florida. Uh, he was a quarter or he's a transition to wide receiver, but his dad was a former Saluki. It appears. Let's jump into him. Yeah. His dad played uh, under Jerry Kill from 01 to 04. Um, but, yeah, for, I was quarterback, uh, transitioned to wide receiver, just like Brian Brown, um, 6'2", 190. Um, he won the 2021 Naples Daily News Broxson Award, given to the Naples area's best player. He rushed for 128 times for 1,152 yards. Uh, that's nine yards per carry and 21 touchdowns while adding 375 passing yards and five touchdowns. He helped Naples advance to the regional semifinal final. Um, 
held a 17 and three career record as a starting quarterback, all county first team, all conference, and earned a spot in the first ever SW Southwest Florida versus Dade All Star game. So uh, another weapon. It looks like uh, with that amount of rushing times or rushing yards, probably a, an option style offense down there. Um, a lot of speed. Um, adding two uh, former quarterbacks or, or Brian Brown and him going to the wide receiver room. So uh, two young talents. His dad played here. Um, he wants to be a Saluki too. So that's really cool to see. Yeah. And we, and whether it's Bryce Miller or whether it's him now, we just have that connection out of Florida regardless. And I think obviously his dad being here had a big, a big thing to do. And it, it, it's, it's great seeing, like I said, these athletes in high school that can do everything. These guys that play quarterback that can convert we know how deep our quarterback room is for years to come, that it's great to see these guys want to earn these spots and we're deep at receiver for years to come as well. So we're just building this depth that we'll have for years and years. And he is a talented guy. Six, two is great size for a potential receiver as well. Almost 200 pounds. Perfect. Cannot wait to see what he can add as well. Like we said, a lot of stuff has happened since we last talked. We're definitely going to miss some stuff because there's a lot of stuff on our feed. No, but we'll jump into some other things that has happened uh, in terms of leaving. We know we've gotten some commits and the most recent, however long ago it was, that we had someone transfer out. No, that was Jalen DeVries. He is leaving the program. We had a feeling this would happen. We know he made uh, the jump from uh, quarterback to tight end and it didn't work out for him. We never saw him. But Noah, he's exiting and looking to play quarterback again. Yeah, he was a big time uh, out of Iowa. He was a big time recruit at the time. Um, thought he could come in here and maybe one day be our starting quarterback, but um, transitioned to tight end. Now he wants uh, his heart is at the quarterback position. And that's what he wants to do. So he's headed to Concordia, St. Paul. Um, I believe it's right there in Iowa, D2 program. Um, we've seen it before. So uh, we had uh, – a guy transfer out and be very successful at the level he's at. Now he's back in, he's now at an FBS program and Austin Reed, um, who we were going to talk about. So um, we've seen it before guys transfer out, be successful elsewhere. We wish him the best of luck. For sure. We definitely do. Jalen was definitely a talent. We know his family. He's related to the uh, Tucker DeVries, who's going to be an amazing basketball player in the Missouri Valley for years to come. So, he does have a good family and their talent is there. He just didn't work out here. Yes, we do. Of course, wish him the best of luck. I'm glad you did say Austin Reeks. That definitely was on here. We know he won a national title being away. And the fact that we let this one slip away, Noah, you're right. He committed to FBS and at Western Kentucky. Uh, not surprised. We know he's talented. Like I said, he wanted, he's a champion and we got to give it to him. Yeah, definitely. And uh, he could probably step in there at Western Kentucky and start a, start right away um we know uh bailey zappy um their quarterback is uh in the nfl draft and probably will be a mid uh third third round pick this year um so maybe he can follow in his footsteps for sure so we just like knowing what former salukis um you know, do as time goes on, whether it's him who barely did anything or it's someone else moving forward we'll always keep an eye on these guys that stumble upon our feed. So, no, there's a player. That's really the only other one. We know we got a scare with Isaiah, and uh, which we'll dump into it now. I don't know if we've talked about it. Clayton Bush is back. We uh, 
we had a feeling that was the case because we've seen him in these offseason pictures, Noah, and he never made a post that he was coming back or going anywhere else. And now he's been posting nonstop lately that it looks like he's going to – him and Antonio Fletcher are going to be the guys at that position. It would seem like, and we know all different kinds of things that uh, uh, he can do as well. But, Noah, that's another one we'll jump into that we never saw Clayton – officially leave and he never posted he was coming back but it, but he is back and that's good for for the right now of win now with the talent and obviously um because we know what he can bring he made some big plays last year yeah most definitely he's that center fielder back there on the back end um ball hawk and he and he's not afraid to step up and uh stop the run but yeah we never we know with the, the amount of dbs we're bringing in that uh we weren't really res- surprised to see him venture out, see if there was other opportunities there, but uh, we're glad that uh, he's staying and uh, have that veteran on the back end to help these guys come in and learn the, learn the defense. Yeah, he would have been one of those three that uh, did leave that we wouldn't have cared. Like, we cared because, obviously, he was a center fielder. He was an important piece, for sure. He played a lot. Uh, and he wasn't perfect, clearly. But we, no one who was behind him in the depth we had at the position, we didn't. It wouldn't have mattered a whole lot. But we are glad he's definitely back. And just going back to, you know, we know the team posted about dog of the day and practices that they've had that just stumble upon that he was taking advantage of his opportunities on both punt and punt return units. So we know he'll be involved in that as well because we are deep and we can fluctuate guys around. Because we'll be honest, obviously, it's we'd rather have him on it than a Javon Williams. So. That's all wait and see for that kind of stuff. So, no, that just reminds me, or the fact that we know the third guy that left was Giannini, and he ended up where? He ended up at Indiana State, an in-conference transfer. Uh, He's going to go there. I mean, they weren't good at all last year. Um, But, yeah, that that really hurts our depth on that D-line. We know we brought in some guys, and it sucks seeing them go because – the step he took um, last year was just huge. The plays he made, uh, being a run stuffer in the middle, um, recovery of the fumble at, at Kansas State. He just made big plays for us last year on that D-line and uh, sucked. It, it sucked losing him. Yeah, it, it stinks that he left in conference. It's unfortunate. We thought he was going to follow Chuka with Jerry killed in New Mexico State because I think that was an option. But we uh, maybe it was or it wasn't. We know maybe the reason why he left because he had a relationship with Chuka who left, and we'll bounce into the positions that had been crazy in terms of coaching that that uh, position. Uh, but just the fact that yeah, because we know what our team stands at for the most part right now would be nice, really nice to have that run stuffer at a position that we struggle. We bulked up a linebacker, but it'd be nice to have that first level guy. Still, so for ranking them of ones that we wish out of those three, it was at the time even Isaiah, Giannini, and Clayton was third, but we're glad Clayton's back and we wish Giannini well outside of when he faces us. So there are those, those are the players we've mentioned, Noah, before. Let's jump into the coaches. We know we have a relative new, new coaching staff, and we're thinking we did pretty well on all these, Noah, but going back to one that we thought we hit on as well, and he wasn't here long, Pat Coons. We, we've talked about him on pods in the offseason landed him from VMI and we were, we just know that we were in on VMI players that that could have been a huge connection thanks to the portal. But Noah Pat Coons was here for maybe a week. And next thing we know, he was, he's the new 
he's t- he took a job with James Madison, who we knew Wright has taken the FBS jump this year. Uh, it's crazy, Noah, because like I said, it, it came in a flash. He was here. We were excited. He was retweeting. He was on visits and all this stuff. And the next thing we know, he's gone. Oh, that was a crazy little time that was. Yeah, I mean, the work he was doing for us, um, I'm on his page right here on James Madison. And it says uh, he was hired at Southern Illinois where he spent a little over a month as his defensive line coach. He also assisted the staff on the recruiting trail, helping sign two student athletes for the 2022 class before taking this job. Um, we got we We know nothing about this. It just happened. Uh, crazy that it happened this way, but – um, at least he helped us on the recruiting trail while I was here. Right. And you say a month there, it doesn't even seem like that. It seemed like he was there for not that long, but he is committed. And that that's what honestly is great. And that's what we were excited for. And just, yeah, looking at his, his account there, he's all over James Madison and making tweets that we know he was making here for that month. And no, we replaced him with a guy that's big time. And Nick Hill talked about him when he when he did talk about, you know, the guys coming in, however long ago it was. Uh, uh, Dalman Gibson, we know he's he's new, the new defensive ends guy because that was Pat and that was uh, Chuka before him. Now it's Dalman, and he's doing a great job as well from what it appears. And he's also the special teams coordinator, which we knew we had good special teams this past year. And if he can improve that, that would make it even better. From Michigan State, right? And he looks like he's he can help the ends and he can help defensive or like he he's the one that makes these posts about these uh you know dog of the day and it's either a special team or it's something else. But no, this was a big time ad, I think. Yeah, I mean it's a uh a big time ad. The adding to this staff, uh Nick Hill felt like it was time to make some adjustments to um continue to move this program. Um, in the right direction to win that national championship. And uh, it it just sucks that we thought we had our guy in Pat Koontz that was doing a terrific job in the little time he was here, but um, a big-time addition in him. For sure, and we know how important special teams is. When you come from the Big Ten as a special teams analyst, you learn a whole lot and you bring it to this level. We talked about all the guys we've added, just big-time, big-time moves. So, Dalman's done a, a great job so far. And know the other one, because we haven't talked about it since. And we know he was, it's, he seemed important from a X's and O's, but also a disciplinary, it would seem like. Noah Trevor Olson, we, I think we talked about it on a pod because we noticed his whole Twitter was, uh, you know, it deleted of SIU stuff. So we knew he was gone. And we knew, um, I don't know if we talked since Nick Hill talked to Mike like a month or so ago. Obviously, we haven't you know discussed anything that he said, but he talked about Trevor and how it didn't just work out. It was time to part ways. And no, we know we've replaced him. We'll dive into his replacement. But no, he goes to Winona State, and it looks like he's been pretty active on Twitter himself, more active almost than it seemed like he was here. Maybe I don't know, but Winona State, Trevor Olson. Yeah, it's uh, good to see that he gets a job. Um... I'm on his page right there on Winona State's website um, talking about him. Um, I believe that's division that's Division two so um, glad he can continue his coaching coaching career where he's the assistant football coach and the offensive line coach there now so um, him being the assistant and the offensive line that's bigger duties so uh, 
cool to see him get another job, even though it was time to move on for after four seasons um, with helping build a pretty productive offensive line while he's here. For sure. And we know how important he was to the recruits. That's what we were kind of worried about. I think we talked to Jim Lansing and DMs and said, well, he talked about the replacement, Dan Clark, and said how great he's been. But we were questioning. We even talked to him about, like, we didn't know the whole – with relationships that Jimmy and Ryan and all these guys have with them, how much that mattered. And apparently not, thankfully, obviously. Uh, but that's kind of seemed like Trevor was – he's meant for Winona State maybe. He did really well while he was here. But Nick Hill felt like he needed – and that's what Jim told us too, that Nick was looking, obviously, getting elite staff – and that looks like what they're doing. So let's dive into Dan Clark. No, we've kind of talked about him already before. Maybe he's, he's, he's a veteran kind of guy. He's been around. He's Illinois State co-offensive coordinator before he joined us back in February. Literally, it was a couple of days after uh, our last pod. No, like I said, he's been around the block. He's been, like I said, he was in, in Illinois State staff when they were good back a couple of years. We know they're not as good now. But, no, I think this is a really good ad, and we've seen videos of the team and him just active and stuff. This will be an A-plus hire as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a big-time hire. I mean, he was at, he was a graduate assistant on the offensive line and tight ends in Iowa, and he was at two years at Northern Iowa in their good years, winning two Valley Championships as tight ends and special teams coach there. Then he was the – for four years, he was, the, like you said, the co-offensive coordinator and the run game coordinator and the offensive line coach in those really good Illinois State teams. Um, one of those made it to Frisco in the title game. Um, then he was the assistant coach and the offensive line coach at Stephen F. Austin for one year. Then he's been at two smaller scores the last two years. Um, he was a running back coach at Grandview. But um, this guy's been out on the trail and hearing, uh, seeing Ryan Chanley, then hearing from Jimmy's dad. Um, this isn't. Uh, nothing against uh, Trevor Olson, but this is an upgrade at this position. This guy's came in here and changed a lot of things. Seeing that video the other day of him mic'd up, uh, pretty cool. For sure. And he's the fact that he's been around, like Nick Hill would say, you know, we want a guy with this experience. I mean, Trevor was barely probably 30 years old. He's probably he's older than that, but he's a younger guy. You bring an experienced guy that can bring the same stuff and better. 100% great move. And going back to Dowman, just looking at the feed, he was looking at 2023s more. He, I just see posts that he was in, He was looking for guys from Alabama of 2023, dog check and drop your huddle link and coach's handle. And he was getting some comments on that. So just how active these guys and how how just locked in and committed they are to all of this is, is just amazing to see. So we made some great hires there. Now, Noah, out of the multiple, just tons of – all these kinds of things. We'll touch on some other, you know, recent, you know, 2022 guys, potentially guys that have signed and some other things. We'll dive into a lot of other stuff. But, no, let's jump into one of the most important things is more recruiting news. We know we just retweeted one just yesterday, and we've had still been having some – and we mentioned – and we know Nick talked about it. I think either whether we just – whether we talked about it, he said that over the course of into April, which as we are now – that more dominoes would fall with the adding of guys now. We know Bryce Miller, the guys to help us now, Noah, and we're still in on these veteran guys that are in the portal and coming from other schools. Let's dive into all the ones that have that have happened and we've seen since we last talked on air. Yeah, the most recent one um, was uh, Vidal, Vidal Scott Jr. 
um, a defensive lineman from uh, Arkansas State. Um, we know we already landed Javon Halls from Arkansas State. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one um, that we have sent an offer out to. One that I'd love to have, a graduate transfer linebacker, looks like more of an edge rusher, 6'3", 245, Nick Okiki from Louisville, looks like a monster. If we added him to the edge, that would be uh, scary. Yeah, I know, and some of these, yeah, it did happen. I mean, that one was three days ago, and you're right, the first one happened a couple – I mean, it is, and these are big-time guys. They look like you're 100% right. The whole staff follows them. If, if these are going to happen, they need to happen – semi-quickly to get more involved, but his position, we're pretty stacked at. But if we can add a game changer, that's where it's like, not sure if it will be an ad. But you're right on uh, Vital, Arkansas State. We know Antonio. We know uh, uh, Hawes. We know all these guys that have these ties, and they have to know each other, obviously. And that's where I think we could land a guy like this because we know we we talked about defensive line that's losing a Giannini. We know the guys we have. We could look to stack up a little more at that position. That would be a that would be a big time ad. Who else is there? Yeah, then there's six three, two hundred and fifty pound defensive lineman, Hunter Mason from Western Illinois. He's a two time uh, starter in the valley, two time or honorable mention, um, two years of eligibility. Um, we know they uh, they uh, they got a new coach, so they have a lot of guys in the portal. So uh, that would be. We talked about the depth on that D-line. Um, could add to it. Um, scrolling through here, there's a couple uh, 2023 guys uh, trying to find more of the transfer portal options. Before yeah, what about uh, Corey Gross? I'm just seeing ones that are on here. I sh- can't really tell where he's from. I think Buffalo. Could be wrong. Corey Gross, he's on there. He's – a little bit ahead of uh, on our feed of uh, Hunter Mason. Yeah, uh, where'd he go? I can't find him, but um, just tag P- Petrino. Um, can't, I can't tell a position without looking at him, obviously. Yeah, then I'm, I'll just mention Landon while I'm here. Landon Zaldivar, a 6'5, 300 pound offensive lineman, uh, plays either tackle. He's from Jinx, Oklahoma. I mentioned, uh, I guess, a month ago um, that uh, we've started offering some of these guys. Oh, here's Corey Groves, um, Buffalo defensive back. Um, that would be uh, – I mean, we're stacked there already, but uh, I don't know if he has more uh, – how much eligibility he has. So, uh, he has his highlights pinned if you guys want to go check that out. Um, then I know there's another 2023 guy. Um, somewhere. Yeah, and that's what Gross is. It says it's from he graduated high school in seventeen, so his huddle account still posted. He's a cornerback, and that is kind of what he looks like he's doing in his picture. Um, so yeah, I a lot of options still, which is like I said, it, it seems like we're getting a little late because hell, heck, we're having these you know these open practices, but practices in general have been going on for well over a month, so. Would love to add some of these more talented guys, but if we we're not going to lie, if our team were to be set at this moment, outside of maybe some defensive line pieces, and we've talked about maybe O line, uh, you know, some interior guys, we would love to still add, and the options still open. That just reminds me, Noah. We know there's some other 
offensive line interior guys maybe that we know we've talked about before that haven't really landed anywhere? Do you have any status on those guys or ones we can maybe re-mention? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen any updates on those guys. It's kind of weird. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of movement happening around uh, the transfer portal. Um, but guys like Devin Hayes never ended up anywhere that I've seen. Um, Jack Burns, a graduate transfer from Cornell. And that kid from Penn State, Will Nutson, um, haven't landed anywhere, which obviously, like you just mentioned, it's spring practice that's open. We know we have guys that aren't here yet that are transfers that will come um, once they graduate, but uh, here soon. But, yeah, there's still a lot of options out there. Um, obviously, we can still add throughout the summer even. I mean, I know most of the time there's at least one or two guys that end up on our roster uh, when we get our first roster sheet come out that um, yeah we did not know about, never heard his name. They just ended up at Southern Illinois. Like DJ Johnson last year, we didn't hear a thing about him, and all of a sudden now he's probably a big piece at a cornerback position for us. It's a great point. If those guys – and there are some other ones too that I can't really think of off the top of my head. Some guys that maybe were on special teams that weren't a, a key factor. It's not anyone that comes out of nowhere and plays great potentially, but it does happen. You're right. And we know how many players a football team fits even when we're at games and we'll see people we don't recognize on the sidelines and we dig deep to find who that is. That kind of is in the same boat. Uh, you might have said his name because I'm not familiar, and I honestly don't know what it is at this moment. The Penn State interior, yeah, Will offensive Nutsen. lineman. Will okay, yeah, yeah, there it is. It's that a, is one that we've had eyes on for a while. Yeah, we've been. Uh, I've been following all these his recruitment. Uh, haven't seen anything. It's still his bio. He entered the portal on the 13th, and his bio still says transfer offensive lineman. So has Penn State in his bio, but he has two years of eligibility. Um, he has his film out on that'd be, Twitter. That'd be huge. Man. He is a mauler inside at that at that guard position. Uh, been following him, haven't seen anything. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's still early. They could come here soon. Yeah, you're right. And we know we have guys that can fill the interior. We think we're just kind of – we have depth and we have younger guys that sat and that now could fill in. We And I, it seems like they're they, – you know, they'd be pushing hard for certain guys. And maybe – obviously it comes down to the player's decision on when that would be, but they have to give them a certain timetable to make the decision if they want that particular player. Uh, but maybe they're, maybe they're confident in who they have and, you know, be that for what it is. That's that. And we know, like, Chester Gerford, I'm mispronouncing his last name, guys like that on the interior defensive line, the guys that have not signed either. So, yeah, a lot of guys still out there. It's crazy that we still see all these posts that sometimes we miss, that we like miss from days prior, that we have to search certain things to find these guys. But um, I think we are pretty set. It just depends on these specific ones that we hope we can add over time. So that'll, you know, as these pods, you know, ramp up and happen more often, with certain things leading up to the season, we'll have more guys and see if there's any late additions. Cause you're right. There might be some, we just do not see coming into the season. So no, there's that. 
And we know we've, we've lost guys, and I had some on here, but obviously since they're gone, it doesn't matter. There's been guys that have c- committed elsewhere, transfers or even high school, that uh, really isn't worth mentioning because, like I said, those are guys we've been in on, the guys that have left, so it's really not worth talking about them. Uh, here's another one, Noah, that you can jump and read off the list for junior day, guys, or we'll get into maybe some other 2023 guys. We mentioned Dalman involved with that. It's huge. Let's get into these – it seems like hundreds. It's not junior day posts. Yeah, a lot of junior day posts. Uh, while we're on twenty twenty three guys, um, we did uh, Christian Medlock. He got a spring invite. He's a six six, three hundred fifteen pound uh, offensive lineman from Homewood, Illinois. He's a. He also does wrestling and shot put. So. Uh, that's a guy that will get, keep him in state. Yeah, keep him in state at that size. Um, Winston Moore um, from St. Louis area, I believe he has an offer from us. He will. Uh, he had a cool little post that said, "This is home with Southern Illinois Salukis with some cleats and looked like a floor mat." Um, yeah, that's a that's a cool edit. Um, Trayton Rotes, a tight end receiver, six four. Um, from Webb City, Missouri, he'll be there. Matt Williams, a six-five tight end, and uh, long snapper looks like uh, from Lee Summit, Missouri. Uh, a lot of Kansas City, Missouri. Briggs Bartosh, a five-eleven, one-seventy-five athlete, um, looks like a running back. Um, he'll be there, or one of these dates. I should say these dates are. Uh, April 9th or April 16th. Uh, Quincy Hall from Mascuda, um, a DB slash wide receiver, six foot, first team all conference. Um, he had uh, recently got his first scholarship offer to play at McKendry. So, a local yeah. kid out of Mascuda. Um, scrolling through here. Uh, Quincy Baker, another running back at the Lee Summit North out of St. Louis. A lot of St. Louis kids. We have uh, we're starting to make that our territory. Where where we're going to go get players at besides uh, going down the Memphis area, uh, Georgia area, or Florida, like we love to get guys. Um, St. Louis has become our home when it comes to re- recruiting, uh, especially when we got uh, Coach Carter here. He's been big time. Uh, scrolling through our Twitter feed here. Yeah, those dates, April 9th and April 16th, are ones that we'll keep eyes on for posts potentially of these kids yeah. or of anything else. That'll be, that'll uh, be fun. Another one, Nash Kell, a uh, linebacker uh, slash center, 6'2", 220 from St. Dominic. That's where Ryan Schwindeman is from. So maybe eventually there's a connection there. Um, scrolling through if I see any more. I do not. So uh, that is another another one. Uh, another one, Josh Baker Mays at quarterback DB um, at, a, at a Missouri. Another one to watch out for. I believe um, he made a visit, one of the visits last year. So a lot of guys that are going to keep coming, um, follow up or keep following us and watch our feed because if they make a post – uh, pictures or something we'll make sure uh to tweet it out there and let you guys see it we'll um, hopefully discuss it here on the near future on a podcast 
For sure. And even going back to early March, there are some more on here as well. You, we mentioned Christian Medlock. He posted about the spring practice. Some of these guys are involved. Yeah, the uh, Mascuda kid with the McKendry, that is pinned to his profile. Uh, if that were to be huge. Noah, let's talk about uh, – and I apologize again if you said this just because I'm going to February. I just – this guy sticks out bigger than heck. Juco product, Tylo Phillips. Just going back to the uh, – yeah. Yeah, it's going back to some of these other guys just off our feed. So if we're changing, obviously, topics, apologize. We got to get these guys out. No, he is. There's a picture of him with Nick Hill somewhere. Looks like at a restaurant, potentially. He from Lamar. Yeah, he this is a guy that could be a game changer. I don't know if he's going to have a decision anytime soon. We would hope so. Uh, he's retweeting Vital, who we talked about at the, at the start of this. Like all these connections matter. And uh, hopefully we can land a monster like this. Yeah, uh, that would be a key piece. Like we said, we're the depth on that D- interior D line is uh, what we've been looking to add a little couple more pieces. We know he has a couple pieces there. Um, another one while we're on transfers again, once we find him, uh, Jacob Koffel. He's a. Uh, Austin P transfer offensive lineman. Um, that's one to watch out for as the offensive line um, looks to, we're obviously looking to improve that offensive line. We keep uh, tweeting. Uh, another Western Illinois transfer, Brandon Malco, uh, two year starter, 6'4, uh, played center and guard. Um, so a couple more. Uh, transfers there to keep an eye out. Then I think there was a two-year starter for Western Illinois as well, uh, Matt Matertes, a 6'5", 300-pound right tackle. Uh, that's one to watch. One He got Texas State offer three days ago, had some other offers, getting some offers. But um, interesting to see what happens here as our list continues to grow, see if we add any more of these guys and a lot more uh, – junior day guys here as we go along here for sure now that we're in the month of april but yeah these these transfers or anybody these players don't help us out pronunciation yeah they make these last names pretty tough but yeah we know cooper phelan we've talked about him before he made a junior day post uh and even i mean there's a lot rattled off here and you know some of these won't even matter down the road but this one noah chase tap 6'3", 300-pound offensive. We, we notice things that I mean, in his profile picture, he looks like a stud. I mean, these ones that will point – he's got King Kong as his header on Twitter. I mean, these guys that have the mentality, you know, knowing how their size and the impact they could have. He said, he said he'll be visiting April 16th. Josh Baker Mays as well. Looks like he's a basketball player, but 5'11", quarterback defensive end uh, or defensive uh, back, Reed McCann. Like I said, a lot of these, there's so many to honestly keep going through. But, yeah, as time goes on, when those dates hit, those guys will post again. And we'll let everybody know about the status of everything. Uh, that just shows how long it's been because we have just hours of scrolling on our feed to help us out here. Uh, so, yeah, no, barring another post we stumble upon by the end of this uh, in regards to all that, quickly we'll talk about 2022 guys. And we know – We add Miles Marshall and all these guys to it to make this class just incredible. And these guys are finishing school. We know guys like Jimmy Lansing was on the Chaminade basketball team. 
and these guys that um, will be here before long. And we're going to have a lot of guys, you know, not, we mentioned some of these freshmen that could play, not sure if any will, some could, but a lot of these guys are going to be in jerseys and barely dressed or not dressed at all, waiting their turn this year. Do you have any updates on any other guys? We know Ryan Shanley had some specific to him, so we'll jump into him first and we'll get to some others. No, Ryan Shanley, we've talked about NIL. Heck, who knows you know, what we have here at SIU for players, but it looks like Ryan Shanley got his own going. Yeah, he is the only one that I have seen um, get the opportunity to get a little NIL money. Um, obviously, around here, you're not going to get I mean, there's some opportunities, um, but he's been very active on Twitter. Um, it's good to see that he gets an opportunity. For sure. Uh, so he's one, uh, just as we've talked about, on in forever. But no, Austin Friday, we know he committed back on like May or March 10th. He was official when he signed the dotted line. So guys, other guys for uh, this year. So the list is humongous, and as time goes on, when the guys maybe even get officially to there, we'll go over all of them once again because, like I said, the number has gotten huge. So that's all towards the future, and obviously some obvious for, the, like, the current, some future. Because if we miss some, we'll dive into it. No, let's get around the valley a little bit or around certain things. I have it on here, and whether you go back and find it, I think it was just a couple weeks ago. I thought it was Sam Herter, who we know of uh, Hero Sports, there was an article on future playoff chain or like expanding the playoffs. I don't know if you've seen anything with that. I could go find it here unless you've seen something on it that you know of what that entailed. thought that was maybe worth talking about. Yeah, I've seen that, uh, what you're talking about. I'm trying to think. Uh, I have not seen anything more on that after he uh, put it out there um, as I'm scrolling yeah, he, back. He, he, he posts so much, yeah, that it's like I should have like – have the whatever to search it i just know what's on here um i mean that'd be good right i mean we know the number i mean the number heck is what is it at i mean it was at 20 something the covid year yeah or 32 right and we've so even if they expand that yeah that's i don't think they should expand more than that actually um because we know even for us i mean a lot of things don't go our way through a season ups and downs we barely make it in that would help us for that sense, but making it too big, honestly, I guess they want more eyes on it. They want more teams involved. They want more parity for guys to, you know, teams to fight a North Dakota state for whatever. I don't know. And we know we're losing James Madison and St. Houston state that he, you know, would be an ad or just whatever more opportunities for more FCS programs. So I guess we don't have to spend a whole lot on that in, in terms of, you know, if it's confirmed down the road, we'll get to a playoffs are a long way away. Now, no, let's come up with the one that most recently happened around the Valley. It's one that we've been talking about. It seemed like this year was the time for this to happen, and it became official today. There were rumblings in the last couple of days of it. Noah Murray State will be joining the Missouri Valley Football Conference starting next year, like I said, announced today. Yeah, um, that's a uh, big time. I mean, for them, it's a big time for them, for their recruiting and everything. Um, I'm not sure. They know what they're getting themselves into and joining a monster of a conference like this. Um, I do know that North Dakota State did vote against it. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else did. I know somebody posted out there, seen a video today, uh, 
that they did vote against it, and I don't blame them with the travel. And yeah. uh, it's not like we're adding a team that's going to help us. They're just adding because they're joining the Valley and every other sport. Um, but they're in rude awakening. This ain't the OVC. I mean, they were picked to win the OVC last year, and they were almost a 500 ball club. Um, so uh, they're going to be – in the long run, they may turn out they might end up a decent program. That could be mid-tier of the Valley, but um, it's going to be a long time coming. Yeah, definitely. Nothing will happen right away. We know some players they've added that, you know, we were in on and lost, for example, but those are freshmen. I don't know what kind of players they can have to compete now, for sure. I, I don't blame these Dakotas at all. And it's almost like thinking, you know, why are, why would they be in a Missouri Valley, you know, conference kind of thing with where they're at? We're so glad they are because it helped, like, in terms of, we, it's hard to beat them clearly, but it's like it helps, you know, the standing of where where we are and just how it is the SEC or the FCS. So don't blame them. that travel does stink because I don't know where the heck they would have to come into for a whole 50 something players and all the coaches to come in and travel by bus to Murray. Good thing they have a whole year to figure it out and they'll play this year in the OVC still. But I don't blame the frustrations there, even Youngstown, even though they're if you look at the map here with all the new teams now, Youngstown's so far away from the Dakotas, but it's a lot easier to fly into Ohio near to Youngstown. Like I said, that makes it a whole lot easier. Knowing there are talks about Murray and Western Illinois. People think Western should, you know, get out of there and stuff. And, you know, these will be the two bottom feeding teams. We know, like we said, Indiana State had it down near Youngstown's been somewhat bottom feeder. They killed us at the end of the year. Uh, but Noah Murray and West Illinois will be the two bottom feeding teams. And uh, like I said, people really kind of went Western out of here as well. Yeah, we know uh, with the coaching change at Western, that's going to take some time to rebuild. They lost a lot to the transfer portal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen for a while discussed it on a lot of pods last during the season that, or during the end of the season that I've seen that, they could be leaving for the uh, for the OVC, which that makes perfect sense. I know they play all their other sports in the Summit League with all the Dakota schools and the Oral Roberts of the world. Um, but the OVC just just seems like a perfect fit for them. Um, Eastern's already in there, and you have the SEMOs, so it wouldn't be a long travel for them. I feel like it would cut down the travel for them for the most part almost, but uh, – yeah, that just seems like a perfect pairing for them if they were to make the move. Yeah, over there in Maycomb, it seems like it would it would be best for them. Going back to Murray, we know, like we said, 2023. And I remember going back, I mean, the OVC's losing them, going to be losing them. Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky, Austin P. And I remember, I don't know if we've talked about it, the OVC's going to have a form, form of football association with the Big South that starts next year. So they're going to be merging – to form, I guess, whatever the heck and whatever that would be called because of those two lowly conferences to kind of build into one decent one, maybe not. But uh, the fact that that's happening is interesting. And you're right, they were they were picked first last year, Murray was, and they finished, yeah, six and five. They were five and two in the spring, and they've been under 500, you know, in years past. Uh, they average about 7,800 fans, which is the highest in the OVC. No, we've been there. We saw SIU kill them a couple of years ago. Uh, they do have that one-sided, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, seating. Yeah, seating, but I was looking for a word. Uh, Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah, Coliseum style, huge side, 
can fit a whole ton of people, even if North Dakota State fans would travel. It is inconvenient for those schools. And that's when, and we've talked about it with basketball, it would seem somewhat inconvenient. And we know the status of them as a basketball. Them and basketball, I mean, granted, basketball can come right up, but football is in a down place. It's kind of a weird, you know, time for Murray to come as a whole university to the Missouri Valley. They are in for a rude awakening. The status they're in for basketball, they could be there. They'll be more all right in basketball than definitely they will football. So that is big news because that is worth talking about because they will be potentially on our schedule, even though it will be next year. This year, we won't have to worry about it. But moving moving forward, we will have to worry about it. So we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah, another uh, little just nugget just hit me for some reason here. Uh, speaking of moving to the OVC, um, I think we talked about it on basketball. Uh, but uh, Lindenwood is making the jump to Division One, so they will be joining the OVC. So that's another uh, OVC team to add into the OVC and maybe potentially down the road somewhere, uh, maybe a non-conference game between them and us. Um, or it also could have implications of now they are now joining the FCS. Um, do all the St. Louis kids we are getting – want to stay home and play for Lindenwood. That could be implications for us. Uh, just a little nugget that just hit me. No, it's a good point. I and mean, we know Lindenwood, yeah, is making the jump, which is huge. We know basketball, they can't compete for five years. Uh, but I think they've, they've relatively have had an okay. I mean, they've had okay sports at their level and football has been just fine for them. We know people that have played baseball there and just as examples that it's quality school and you're right. It could, if they want to stay home and play division one football, or FCS football, that it's uh, it, it, it's definitely interesting. And that's a, that's a tidbit that could harp us. We know, yeah, exactly. We are big in the St. Louis area. Uh, so a lot of cool stuff happening around football, and, you know, at this level. So some tidbits there around the Valley. We'll talk about more as the offseason goes on. If anything happens, we just thinking of hero sports, how whatever we were, if Sam Herter better not come out with any more position rankings like he did or uh, whatever. We'll, we'll keep in touch with everything they do. They do a great job there. Them and uh, Craig Haley do good jobs in keeping us posted on a lot of stuff. Uh, now, no, let's jump into the current team. We know uh, we've talked about, heck, we even months back, we had an early depth chart, and we know we've added guys for then, and we will continue to update the depth chart and what we think. You know, obviously, maybe in the coming pods and then in the coming months, and in the end of the summer, before we get the official one, we discuss it and even predict our own as time goes on. Uh, but no, other than that, we know team workouts have started. The first one started, I believe, in really early uh, May or March, sorry. Uh, and we know Jack Reardon, who, shout out to him, he's special assistant to Nick Hill, posts all the time about workouts, whether they're in computer rooms or working out in the uh, – in the uh, weight room, he's pivotal for our content for sure. No, it's good to see these guys working. The ones that are here, we mentioned about the ones that are continuing where they're at before they get here. Uh, no, we've seen stuff from these workouts. Obviously, like I said, the early March practices, we'll jump into more of those. They had that great lake run, that huge run with a full team. And I think that's where we pinpointed where it looked like Clayton was there. I remember us talking about that. Um, so a lot of players were involved with that. They had a lot of fun. All the new players like um, Douglas and you know, all these new players we've added have talked about that and had a good time. They did that. They did, uh, you know, tight ends in the weight room. I don't know if we've talked about that. Uh, Ty Staniel broke Michael Pruitt's 
uh, tied in record for squat and all this stuff or whatever it was, uh, which is great seeing stuff like that. Leandre Thomas had a, I just, some stuff I have on here. There's a lot more of this stuff that's on my notes, at least Leandre Thomas, we know has had interceptions in these workouts. He, he posted a 40 that he did forgot what the number it was. It was pretty high. He's kind of an unforgotten piece that could be big time this year, that veteran from Memphis. Uh, and then we know early on, I wanted to add this before we jump into the team as well. I've been saying it, you know, I nauseated him kind of lately about these new jerseys that apparently Saluki Equipment posted about that gets us excited. Talked about how not really a big fan of the white jerseys that we wear. We know we changed maroons. Uh, so that'd be cool if they can add new jerseys, hopefully along the summer into the season, Noah. Uh, like I said, tons of workout videos. What has stuck out to you in this time uh, seeing, you know, obviously get together and all these runs they've had in their early mornings and such. Yeah, it's great to see that uh, Jack is putting them out there and showing the work they've been putting in. And when we know they just had that spring practice at DeCoin High School is open for people to come see uh, because of work, we're unable to make that. And just thinking of spring practice can mention uh, the 16th is at 11 a.m. is the uh, spring game. So uh, obviously because of work, we will be unable to attend, which that would be something we'd love to see, see how guys are progressing, um, see how different position battles are forming. Um, but, yeah, seeing, I mean, Ty's breaking that record. We know what, what he's been through with losing his dad and him continuing to work and seeing the guys um, get to work and show the work, showing the work that they're actually putting in and uh, what's going to come out and help us on the field once we get into actual practice and getting guys. I mean, obviously we all seen the, uh, the mic'd up, version of Dan Clark and that's just good to see how he's uh coaching with passion and he may get on you but he's doing it for a good reason and showing us coaches like that and we've seen a video of Nick Hill and uh just short clips we see just um keeps the fans interactive and showing them um the work they're doing and it's just good to see in the little um quick interviews uh i know mike had one with nick the other day right yeah and even nick hill said about some of the unknowns at this moment it's reasonable you know we're just in spring not even two summer before these workouts i think even nick hill's having a football camp in june i think i saw on here as well and he even was on vacation i think he went to disney with his family but yeah a lot of unknowns and it's is those position battles in this workout you said yes that they had saturday a lot of one-on-ones to iron out a lot of these positions i think you know it's we're going to be surprised when the, when their official uh, depth chart comes out, like, cause whatever we want it to be. And we were 90% right actually for the most part going into the uh, last season. Seems that that'll be the case here, but there'll be somebody, as we talked about, either we don't know is on the roster or someone that'll earn a starting spot over somebody else. We've talked about revolving doors. We want to see more at different positions would be nice uh, to get, keep guys fresh. We know the guys that played constant, reps last year could have wore us down in that last game that we got throttled um but yeah off and on everybody working we mentioned the 40s guys are doing the yeah the first uh spring practice was on it was a 6 a.m on march 17th they had a couple pictures 
they even the next day posted the sights and sounds. Yeah. From that first practice, Nick talking to the guys in the locker room, even Ryan Shanley quoted that said he can't wait. Uh, so just constant 6 a.m.s. Uh, you know, George Douglas was posting, like we said, he, he's been huge in terms of, I think, with the community a little bit and just involved totally and wanting to be great. He was posting about that. Uh, yeah, just you're right. Keeping us updated with everything. Here's the Leandre Thomas interception. He tipped it and caught it, caught it himself. These guys are going to be ball hawks and great here. Uh, it's just it, it is great. Antonio Fletcher has been he posted a highlight video. He he's he's big interactive with us because we know he, we have kind of a platform and he'll DM us a post that he makes just to get the word out. So he's been constant. I think we'll be able to count on him for sure this year. Uh, and yeah, just, and you're right. Other guys, Nick Baker, they talked to him and he had some quotes about spring ball. He said, we want the whole thing. That's literally what we're going for. It's no more just making it to the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, Antonio and Clayton posting together, Chris Harris, excited, Chris Harris jr. Excited to see what he can do. Just, just constant, you know, everything. Yeah, the fact that, you know, we compare it to basketball in terms of keeping us in the loop. We know basketball just posted. But looking forward to next season and football posts just all the time, and there's just so much involvement. Dalman Gibson posts always a dog, dog of the day, which is great. I haven't seen it to update on anything today. If you have either, uh, a couple of days ago, the last one was C.J. Parson. We know. We've talked about him in years past as well. PJ Jules is po- all these guys that we know will be pivotal this year uh, have been posting constantly and just looking for it. We're so excited and there's too much to honestly keep talking about and scrolling for uh, just know that the off season is back in terms of us talking about it and how ramped up it is getting. So Noah, that's one thing with everything here. We'd mentioned the spring practice. We wish if we would have made it this past Saturday, it would have been just tremendous to see all that because we see it just, you know, we're, you know, diehard fans. So we want to see these things play out to where they can help our content, but not only obviously who we know can help this season. So we'll dive into more as the current team and everything. Noah, let's end here with a, uh, the status of all the guys that have left. We actually, thankfully, because we know the pro days just happened, the NFL combine, the Panthers posted about a flashback of Jeremy, which was great. Uh, we know that's been going on, Noah, and pro days for our Salukis did happen in some at different locations, some not. No, we were able to find the numbers for these guys. Thankfully, we found that about a week or two ago. Let's dive into, obviously, who. Let's refresh people's memories of who is you know involved in all these, and let's give the numbers. And maybe a comparison to what NFL Combine athletes had, maybe. Yeah, uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys like um... – Nick, Nico Galdoni, he was in there. Um, I'll just go through his numbers real quick. Um, this is uh, if you get if anybody wants to check this out. This is at NFLDraftScout.com. Um, Nico, he measured in at six foot two ten. Um, he ran a four nine eight forty. I don't know if that matters as a kicker. Um, I'd say sub five is pretty good. Yeah, for a kicker at his size. Um, he did 16 bench reps of 225. Then he had a vertical jump of 28. Um, his numbers, uh, I don't think a lot of kickers were at the combine. Then Jack, um, he measured at six foot 178. Um, he didn't even do any bench reps. Uh, he ran a, 50, a 5.08. 
uh, 40-yard dash. Um, hopefully, Jack um, gets the opportunity in the NFL. Um, normally, Quay Brown, um, we know what Quay done for this program, um, did 17 bench reps. Um, he ran a 4.65. Um, that's not too bad. That's on the on the DB route. That's um, probably one of the slower ones if you compare it to uh, some of the guys that ran it at the combine. Yeah, I know. We were surprised at some of these 40s. We know the athletes are guys. And we want to preface this by saying we had our pro day at SIU whenever it was, and it was snowing outside. These guys were shirtless running, obviously, to help them. We know, and we'll get to one that was – uh, or two, I guess, were at Northwestern Pro Day. Some of these guys were at the Carbondale one, which was where, where we're getting some of these numbers uh, to help all these. Yeah, some of these 40s I thought should have been a little higher. I mean, Quay is kind of just built so well. And I'm thinking maybe if he could be seen as as a uh, – he had a lot of picks in his career, but seen as a linebacker, just that hybrid. But he's kind of undersized for that. We know we see like N'Kobe Dean comparison in Georgia. And the draft, he's pretty short. He's just a world-class player. There's really no comparison there, obviously, but just in general, like what Quay could be, because we know he was tweeting about maybe not getting the opportunities. And I think he's been tweeting as time goes on here that he is getting. So that's good numbers for him. And going back to Jack, yeah, he's he was huge. I almost want to say he should have done the bench because he could have outdid a lot of punters with the way he was. And he ran uh, slower than Nico, which was, was surprising. Yep, moving on to uh, Bryce Dotry, who uh, got most of the uh, most of the notoriety. Got invited to a bowl game, and uh, now he gets a forty time at six three two twenty two or two thirty three. He did twenty two bench reps, um, ran a four eight six forty. Um, he had a thirty thirty four inch vertical jump, a nine a nine eight broad jump. Um, his 20 yard shuttle was a four, four, five, did a 7.14 on the three cone drill. So, uh, and he has a 77 and a half wingspan, uh, four, eight, six was a little slower than I thought he would run. Um, but he's more of a, a stocker inside linebacker at his size. Yeah, we've known he was the one that had the best opportunities, and we know he was at the SIU Pro Day, but it says he was at, yeah, the Northwestern ones back in early early March to give these uh, uh, these times and measurements. 22 is a lot, I think, for bench press for a linebacker. You know, we see people that are maybe in the teens, and maybe that's maybe not a lot. We know he's had the labrum that he hasn't had surgery on that he's dealt with, and I guess – if he hasn't taken care of it, I mean, the season's ended in, in December, especially since we knew about it. Maybe he's got it taken care of to be able to do all this stuff. 22 with that maybe affected him as big time. Bryce will get uh, – I think Bryce could get drafted. I think it, it would have to be – because he got put on the map in that bowl game where people who will get drafted will be – I think it depends on his measurements because that matters a lot to the scouts, clearly. That's, I think Bryce could sneak in, but he'll probably end up going undrafted like most of these guys. Yeah I'd, say, yeah, I'd say he has the best opportunity. Uh, moving on to Anthony Knight, 6'3", 248. Um, he ran a 4.76, which uh, as slow as he moves on the field sometimes, I thought it was pretty quick for him. Um, he did 22 yeah. bench reps. Um, he had a nine or a 33-inch vert- vertical jump, 
has a 77 and 38 wingspan. Uh, for his long arms, 22 bench reps at 225 is pretty good. Yeah, I know with those long arms that we know he has, that's what I was about to say. Like for an edge rusher, I'd say that's, you know, kind of low, but because of the arm length hurts him, him and Bryce having the same amount. You're right. If he's faster than what he looked in pads, if he's improved since the season ended, he'll have a good shot as well. Good luck to Anthony. Yeah, then his his uh his bashing mate, Jordan Burner, 6'5, 253. Um, he ran a four nine three. He did 23 bench reps, um, had a 30 and a half vertical jump. He has 77 and three eighths wingspan as well. Um, some decent times for uh, Jordan. Yeah, he's a tank, and he did one more rep than the other guys. Uh, Jordan has the motor, too, and he's so strong, like I said, that he could have a good shot, whether it's in the NFL or whatever. But we know he talked about he'll explore the options, but if not, he'll just move on with his life, and I'm glad to see that he's testing and giving himself a shot. Um, then moving on to Big C, Xavion Furcon. Um, at six foot 321, he did 31 bench reps, which is – um, uh, more than anybody at the combine, um, he ran a five, two Oh 40, um, uh, pretty good 28 and a half vertical jump for Xavion. I think, uh, he also has a really good chance to get a look at, um, probably as an undrafted, um, in uh, training camp invite, see if he can make a team somewhere or a practice squad. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, we know how strong he is. He's just maybe a little undersized. We know his his uh, durability and his, uh, like I said, motor, I guess his stamina is pretty good. Yeah, he'll go undrafted as well. But, man, we know as football fans in general, I mean, the need for practice squads, the need for just depth in general. And granted, that's in the COVID era. That's been the biggest for as we slowly hopefully get out you know, baby steps out of COVID that, you know, maybe it wouldn't be as needed for depth this much, but we know football, how physical it is, you need it. Yeah, that that beats any other offensive lineman. That, that's got to be on the map of some people, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I know. I uh, I quoted the tweet of it, and I tweeted at the Titans, uh, we need a left guard to draft him, and he liked it. So uh, hopefully the Titans see that. Uh, moved on, Landon Lenore, who uh, had a tweet today, I believe, saying something. Um, 5'11", 186, uh, did 14 on the bench rep at 225. Ran a 4.77, which um, I thought was pretty slow for him. Yeah, I know. that That's another one of these 40s that we were surprised at, and I'm sure he's not happy with that either because he's also he's, – he's probably – him and Bryce have the best chances to have, you know, or get drafted or just in general because of what he's done. We know Landon – you know, signed an agency. I'm sure all all these guys did, but Landon's the only one we've known about. Maybe he's just more vocal about his. A little underwhelming there. You're right. He made a post today about people talking about his film and some catches he made this year, and he said everybody to quit sleeping on him and uh, keep an eye out. But he said stats don't lie, all this stuff, and we'll get into uh, at the very end here awards that he won. But Northwestern's Pro Day, he posted he was doing some wide receiver drill work, and he was made – Making some good catches, even made a one-handed catch, which we know he can make. So I, I cannot wait to see Landon's future because the fact that he was picked to not be a top 25 receiver became great. He didn't end well. Like he would have been 
the utmost one of these All-Americans that we had on our team, if he would have ended a little bit better, maybe he could have helped his stock to where he's at now. But he'll, he's given himself the best possible chance. Yep. Um, he has a really good chance. Uh, moving on to Jerron, um, he did 14. He measured out at 6'2", 210. He did 14 on the bench reps. Um, not sure. It says by – by workout choice, he did not run any 40s. So I don't know if he had a maybe a ham, hamstring injury at the time or something, uh, but no uh, no clock times uh, for Jerron. Yeah, that would have been probably one of the main things to help him in his future. It's unfortunate if he was dealing with something. We know he was there. The March 11th was the one at SIU that he uh, took part in everything else. And he says he's 6'2". It just seems like – I guess that's how small are the receivers where he seemed like the bigger of all of them, obviously, 6'2". Uh, we wish Jerron well. It's going to be it's gonna be tough for all these guys. But, I mean, if he's giving himself the best shot. And uh, two more here. Uh, Colby Coleman, um, six foot two seventeen, measured out, 15 bench reps, um, which is as stocky as he was, that's – I thought he'd do a little bit more than that, but ran a 480 on the 40, um, had a 29 and a half vertical jump. Um, so uh, he was a guy we expected big things out of this year. Uh, came in and filled a good role for himself. Um, hopefully he gets a chance somewhere because he's a tackling machine. Yeah, he, he got better as the season went on. Like that's what could help him is – how good he was at those latter games. He was huge in the North Dakota State game and South Dakota game. He got better in that round for our linebacking core to step up. You're right, we, we were high on him, and even I said it multiple times, I feel bad for not putting him in a tweet at the end of the season thanking him because he was pivotal on this. And, you know, his he's testing what a typical, I guess, six-foot linebacker would, uh, but he has experience, and like I said, people need football players, so he'll have a good shot as well and one more who was uh getting cfl scouts tweets about him uh at one time um donovan spencer um i guess maybe he didn't participate because we have uh no results from the pro day yeah no he posted i'm looking on his twitter on that day he was at the uh siu one because he posted pro day make it count and i guess he didn't do anything yeah he you're right. He's one of the few that are getting those looks from wherever league or anything. Uh, we'll be rooting for Donovan so hard. It feels like we have this connection with, him. he was only here for a year and I feel like he was such a good guy and a good you know player for us that we have this, like, seems like for me, like an emotional tie for him. Like he's been here for four years. That's how it feels with Donovan. He's so thankful for his time here. Hasn't he, he's been on draft diamonds. He posed before he even got here back in, May of 21 about uh, them talk about him when he came from wherever. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's getting the looks for sure. And that just reminds me now that we're done talking about all these guys that Nick Hill had a dinner with literally every single one of these guys before they, cause we were wondering, cause we knew the pro days were around in the combine that these guys were having dinner with Nick. It looked like at O'Charlie's and Marion and uh, which was cool. So, and then the next day we found out about the pro day they were having as a team. So that was cool seeing all these guys and Donovan was one of them, Noah, because that just wants me to segue real fast to something we've been speculating about recently. 
And I think we saw him in these videos recently. We don't want to speculate too hard on that, just in terms of looks and a player. No, it looks like Chucky Sullivan might be on the team again. He was at that dinner we were talking about, and we know we thought he transferred out. Maybe he was just taking a year off. It's been a while since we've seen him. We know how pivotal he was at times. It was tough losing him. Noah, Chucky Sullivan might be back on the team. I haven't looked at a roster, if you can even confirm that, to see if he's on there. But, Noah, that'd be, that'd be a nice piece, Chucky, coming back. Yeah, we know he had that injury um, at the end of the spring season. Um, maybe that's exactly what happened is uh, he had that injury and uh, maybe just took a year off, and that's what he needed to get back. Um, Looking at a roster, um, I, yeah, I would seen, say that he, yeah, if you don't see anything, yeah, I, I haven't feel like... seen anything, um, about it. Um, I know they have their spring, they have the spring football roster up, and but he is not on there, so I'm not positive on that. But that yeah, does look at him because he uh, looks like him for sure. We had a lot of conversation, there was a post about another player, Nick Hill, in their office, and it looked like him. We weren't for sure. Couldn't really tell. And now he's popped up a couple other places. So um, it'd be great to add him back because that's more depth on that defensive end. Yeah, and I just feel like if he was hurt and he entered the portal that he wouldn't get the looks that he wanted. So he would rehab, yeah, take that year off, and then join again. And I don't think that's out of the question. We talked about basketball. If you're – this past year, if you were a grad transfer, per se, that uh, wasn't on scholarship but was able to play, if he'd be one of those guys, I'm not sure. But it did look like he was there. Like I said, we're speculating, don't know 100%. Even on his Twitter, he hasn't been retweeting anything recent about about the team, whether he would give that away or not. But definitely would be a, a nice depth add. Because I just remember I've graduated college now for almost four years, and I remember he was there when I was there. So he's another one of these older guys that perhaps we will see this year. Uh, it's a far cry from the however many we had last year. So so there's all that with the current guys leaving. No, but let's end with those guys again and talk about uh, the uh, the uh, banquet. Sorry, because my phone's about to die. I need to do something here. So I'll let you go here for a second about the banquet and what the awards and some of these guys got. Yeah, the end of the year banquet. Um... Always cool to see uh, guys um, get honored and get awards that they deserve here. Um, it's a big-time opportunity to honor our seniors and stuff um, as I scroll. And uh, the first one that I do know is uh, uh, Xavion Furcon was the Be a Man Award uh, 2022 Um Big time deserving for Xavion um, getting that award. Um, he defines what happens in this program. He's a leader of this program. He's been through um, been through hell and back in his life, and seeing the man he's become, uh, the leader he became, is great to see. Yeah, and it is incredible. I mean, he's won so many of these type of awards. We know the Doris Robinson Award. He he was able to win and. Uh, just an amazing person. He won, yeah, the BMN award. That's and if you ask him, and if you ask, hopefully everybody, that winning an award like this would mean a whole lot more than anything else. I think even he said that. Uh, 
so even he won the Harry Bobbitt Award, which I'm sure means the exact same thing. So it, it's it's right that we start with him because we had all these guys here to accept a lot of these. Uh, no, the defense. We'll start with some scout team ones since it's on here. We'll start out. Shane Roth won defensive scout team player of the year. Some guys that obviously sit out and help in that regard big time. It's needed in football for sure, college level especially. Uh, good to see him do that. And then Sam Buck, we've talked about him before, offensive scout team player of the year. So, you Noah, know, hopefully those guys can pay dividends, whether it's this year or moving forward, maybe in the future. Yeah, they were they were two guys that was part of that big, um, big recruiting class. Um, they are guys that are redshirting and uh, being part of that ta- scout team and getting um, good reps in helping the helping our offense and defense um, prepare against uh, the other teams. And uh, another one here, another award here is uh, most improved player was Zach Barola. Um, love this type, love this kid. Uh, heck of a, he plays his heart out. Uh, he loves to hit heads, uh, playing special teams. He's a tackling machine. Um, Great to see. I'd say most improved is definitely deserving for him. I mean, he stepped up and he was he was enormous on special teams. You talk about the big tackles. He made huge special teams tackles and he was knocking heads, hurting guys. And that's the kind of toughness that we need at that position. And he'll be a pivotal part this year. We know we're stacked at that position, but if we want the revolving door we've talked about, Barola has earned. I mean, these new guys have to earn it, obviously, and he's been entrenched here to know that he's a pivotal part moving forward, most improved, huge for sure. We talked about Xavion. He also won, yeah, the toughest Saluki and all, be a man, all this stuff, great. Noah, offensive player of the year, I don't think we can argue at all the season that Landon had. And, you know, there are times that Avante got hurt or times where Landon was just – and that was at the end of the year, but times where Landon just took over games. Mentioned We mentioned the slow ending he had. But, Noah, he was glue hands. He was every bit of veteran. When you needed a big throw that Nick Baker would make, that Landon would make a catch. Noah, I mean, I'd say – I'm not going to say unanimous because a lot of big reasons or big offensive players we had this year. But, Noah, Landon, 100% deserving of this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, it, if it wasn't for him stepping up, and uh, we knew he was capable of this, but um, he stepped up even more in big moments for us. He became uh, Nick Nick Baker's go-to guy with Avante out, and uh, really really improved and became a leader as well, um, helping that out. He also won uh, most valuable most valuable valuable player, um, so that's a big time award for him as well. Um, putting up the numbers, um, climbing the record books, um, big time for Landon. Yeah, that's the thing, and we know the relationship. And I remember the interviews at the end of the year talking about his brother and just the impact that him not going where his brother went to, you know, create this legacy that he knows he's left. And this extra year has helped him in the record books. It's helped. It's going to end up helping everybody that's been in, you know, our athletics this whole time at the whole school. But Landon has took advantage of that and definitely climbed up the boards. He's an all-time receiver there as well and definitely deserving of MVP also – I know a defensive player of the year. This one could have gone to a lot of different people. It ended up going to Quay, and we're not, you know, totally, you know, against that at all. He had a really good year. Bryce Notre was up for this 100% as well. 
I'd say those are the only two. We know Jordan and Anthony had good years. Anthony came on at the end of the year for sure. Jordan was as good as he's ever been again. But, no, it would have came down to Bryce and Quay, and you could have flipped a coin. If, if I'm thinking my gut, I would have – because Bryce did what he did on a labrum. That wouldn't be what they would give it to him for maybe potentially with what he dealt with. But, no, he had to have – him and Quay, I guess, led us top two in tackles. Great years by both of them, and good job to Quay. Yeah, most definitely. Could have went either way. Um, watching the video here, he had that big pick against South Dakota in the playoff game. Um, just a big-time player. He, he followed – he had to follow in Jeremy Chin's footsteps at that safety position. That's not easy. And uh, he was really good at it. Um, should get a chance to play at the next level, him and Bryce. But, yeah, well-deserving to either of them. Um, Quay's going to be hard to replace. For sure, and we're hoping Antonio Fletcher can be that guy. Uh, so quickly here to go over again, all conference for the guys. Quay was one of them. Quay and Landon, Anthony, Bryce, uh, Javon, and Big Z were all conference, all well-deserved, all left their legacies here at SAU. Javon's still leaving his, as we know it, but uh, it just – we'll never see – because obviously we know this was Nick's first class of guys and the fact that they've been here this long and how vital they were this past season and how like we're missing that this year, but we know we're adding veteran guys. They're just coming from different places. So it's getting the new faces. Uh, it's just crazy thinking that this was a special year in terms of having these guys. And we, we won a playoff game and we didn't have the performance against the eventual champs, but just incredible careers and a really good seasons to help keep SIU where they're at in this, and this that we're hoping obviously continues as time goes on with the success and getting these recruits and just the, the stature that we are around the FCS and the country. These guys helped leave their mark and keep us at that spot. So we're forever grateful for them as fans. Uh, so, no, that's all we got today. It's like we said, two months away. We'll be coming out with more ones uh, as time goes on. You know, maybe not. There will be gaps here and there. Obviously, as the season gets closer and closer, we'll see ever ever more if there's any breaking news or anything to really talk about. We know these are easy to just come out with ones that discuss certain things. So we'll see about that. Our DMs are open for people for a mailbag. If they want to let us know about things that we expect this year, maybe some more just pieces in general stuff for like, we, like for the past, current and the future in terms of anything, feel free to do all that. Noah. So final thoughts. Yeah. It's a exciting time. Spring football's here. Um, see if we follow along, adding more pieces of this team. Like I said, we feel like we're almost set, but uh, there's a couple of places we could add some depth pieces at. Like seeing the, seeing the growth of the young guys from last year's class, see, see you can make that next step and uh, make an impact on this team. Now they took a red shirt, a red shirt year. Um, adding, can't wait to get the transfers that aren't already here and the freshman guys here for this summer to get to work um, because there's a promising, promising season um, next year. Um, we have to continue to build on what this program is becoming. Um, as we know, uh, have we talked about uh, our schedule? Is our schedule been officially released? Cause I just seen on our timeline that Western Illinois released theirs and they play at Minnesota this year. I know we've talked about it, 
that I have it on my phone, but I don't know if we have has it been officially released. I can't remember. Yeah, I know I, I, we've known about it for a while. We've discussed it, and I think it would be the same one it has been since we've talked about it. We can go over it again if you have it on you real fast, or we can wait. I'm pretty sure it's been the same. We know we're at Northwestern. We know we're. Yeah, I think no, it has been out. I didn't know if I just I just seen they re, they put out theirs uh, today. I didn't know if SIU the actual account um, right had posted. I've, I haven't seen anything. I just couldn't remember, but I do have it on me here. Um, actually, let's see if it's on our website. It is on the website, so I assume it's been posted. But it is at Incarnate Word to start the year. Then a home game against SEMO for Battle for the Wheel. At Northwestern, we will be there. Um, at home, starting conference season against North Dakota. At Illinois State, always a tough to play, tough place to play. At Missouri State. Um, we need to get some revenge on them in home game against Western at South Dakota. So we get to go back to Vermilion um, like we were in the playoffs home and game against two, two great home games here. Make sure people come out for that one uh, home game against Northern Iowa, then home game against North Dakota state back-to-back weeks. Then we have to finish our year to get more revenge on a team that almost killed our playoff chances at, on the road at Youngstown, always a tough place to play, but revenge time. Yeah. I, I Youngstown, we need revenge on because they did, they about killed our season. We were already on the fence. We were sweating bricks. Uh, it's just crazy. And like it's, the fact that you can be sweating bricks. I mean, we want finally where there's an expanded playoffs and I don't even know if that'll even happen this year. We talked about earlier. We need to have a time where we're not sweating. And that's been the case. We were sweating three years in a row. Literally, the last two we've gotten in and the first time we feel like we should have been in. So hopefully, because we're pushing for a top eight seed, and that's what we'll be pushing for again. Um, and we were on that trajectory 100% until games like that happened. So, yeah, it's going to be a hard season. Incarnate Ward was a playoff team going on the road there. We've talked about the schedule. We'll talk about it again down the road. Some tough games, but some reasonable games. And if we expect to be the team we expect to be, we'll definitely have our fair share of nice wins and a lot of wins this year because we are – you're right. Once we get these freshmen in here and everything in the summer gets heated up, we are deep. And I think we can be just as good or better as last year, honestly. And, it, and it's due to stuff like Isaiah Hardship returning. Because if he wasn't, it'd be tough to fill. We know we have guys that would have been capable. But that keeps our star power here and alive and ready to go. And it is. It's so exciting. And as time goes, hopefully we get new jerseys and all this stuff. It's it's a great time because we're getting close to that football season. As we know, we just ended basketball season. So keep keep uh, or stay tuned with any other pods we release on here for basketball, everything. It's a great time to be at Saluki. Looking forward to more offseason updates as time goes on here this spring and summer. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, as always, go dogs.